I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host this week, the show Matt Peverell, the show that looks to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, even the coaches like Matt Canada and Keith Butler, and then of course all the assistant coaches as well. Look, big show today. We want to cover off some of those UDFA free agents, um, you know, or undrafted free agents is what UDFA means, but those UDFAs in the secondary and the um that I've been sort of alluding to the last few weeks. So we're going to really like, let's cover that off in the latter half of the show. Um, but there are a couple of things I wanted to cover off first. And firstly, that's a bit of an apology to any listeners of Touchdown Under. Uh, my, we had a lot of connectivity issues um, in terms of getting me in there and we were working with some new tech and some of the different logins and, and what have you there. And then we had some crazy internet issues between both Mark and I, but Mark did a terrific job. Mark Davison, my co-host of Steelers Touchdown Under, which if you don't listen to that, um, you know, we'd, we'd love you to start listening to that or join us live um, in America that, that sort of lands in your Saturday evening, depending on which side of the, which sort of coast you're on. It will be a bit later on toward that 8 p.m. mark um, and then obviously on the west coast you're walking that five-ish mark so yeah 
I, I guess, yeah, just to say to all the listeners out there of that show where they tuned in live and now you listen to this show and you're supporting, you know, myself across both um, both podcasts or, or content shows, um, you know, we, we really apologise for that. We're going to have a bumper show this week. We're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to talking Pittsburgh Steelers with Mark again. Yeah, so just look, thank you for hanging in there. So, look, Obviously, more and we look to cover a lot about the draft, free agency, and salary cap, and all the rest of it. Now, for many of you, you will have heard this. This is really old news, but it's the first time I really got to sort of cover it in sort of in war room for this week. And obviously, we were, um, you know, in the cap room before that. But that is that the NFL has now set the salary cap maximum for 2022. Now, that's a year away, but obviously, it affects a lot of decisions that are made equally. I'm coming to you live on depending on where you are on your June 2nd or your June 3rd. And that means that the difference in terms of, um, you know, what teams are liable for has changed and what, and what it's moved over into the 2022 cap versus the 2021 cap. But they've set this, this cap maximum of 208.2 million for 2022. And, and I think that that's a bit higher than what most people expected. Equally, I think this year's cap number of that 182.5 million is also higher than what a lot of people expected. And I think the league was able to get a lot of revenue in despite not having, you know, as many fans in the stands, you know, for a lot of teams as you would usually have. And, and in fact, much less. And so. I think a lot of people would have thought that potentially last year, you know, over the cap, for instance, that they felt that the the cap could have fallen, you know, to 150 to 160 million this year before then going back up. Instead, we know that 2022 and 2023 will be adjusted. Now, if they, if this is going to be the the salary cap ceiling, and you know, you may even see it raise in season potentially. If you've got most teams, if not all teams, 100% fans in the stands, you might see a, you know revenue go up much more positively. Equally. You know, what I think you will see in 2023, I think you will start getting closer to that 220 million mark. I think we're going to be back, you know, where we, we sort of were probably thinking it might be. Um, you know, obviously, if it was 198 million last year and no pandemic, you're probably looking closer to 210. And then, you know, this year, and then you're looking at, um, you know, more about 220, 225, getting people up to 230. Um, with new revenues and TV deals and the 17th game and all the rest of it. And I think as well, you know, we might look at this deeper into the season, but, um, or as the preseason sort of an off season goes on, but I don't know about you. I was listening to a podcast um, from, you know, Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, regular listeners to this show. No, I do listen to them pretty regularly as well. But if you're not listening to BTSC, they're probably the guys, to, you know, you want to be listening to. And then obviously when it comes to draft, there's guys like the draft dudes from the draft network and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, and your BTSC should be your first choice, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But sometimes it's good to get some some wider knowledge um, out there as well outside of our network um, for those of you that have got the time to absorb all the content. But they were, DJ and Bucky had an expose on Zach Wilson. And, um, you know, I gave given Zach Wilson a bit of stick um, outside of the BTSC network just because I think he's got the body of a kid and I wonder about him, but I definitely love that I feel like he can make any throw. And when you think about, <coughs> excuse me, when you think about some of the stars that we've got through this draft, the stars we've got the last couple of drafts, I really feel like the, NF, the NFL, like the, that quality of play is going substantially up. 
And I think with that, you're getting a lot younger at a lot of positions. You're seeing this cohort, let's look at the quarterback position, these cohort of veterans in, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Matt Ryan, you know, um, Philip Rivers is obviously now retired. You know, you've got guys like this, you know, Fitz, Fitz Magic, how long has he got left? Um, you know, guys like this that are coming to the end of their careers and you've got this new cohort that are coming through. And, and I think obviously we've got social media and we've got, you know, increased games now. We've got bigger TV deals. I feel like the game is going to grow exponentially. I mean, look at right now. If you go on to the top-selling jerseys right now across the league, I think the top two are two Tebow jerseys. Now, I know I just said we're getting younger and we're going to the future, but Tim Tebow, really? In Jacksonville, when you've had Trevor Lawrence, the number one draft pick? Now, people might say, all right, well, they've already ordered their Trevor Lawrence jersey and they're going back for another te- for a Tebow. And, you know, I guess 85 in that black jersey for them looks pretty cool. 85 looks better in black and gold, but we, you know, we'll leave that bias there. So I think there's some interesting things to think about in terms of where that cap is going to be. And look, that benefits the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think I'm correct in saying that, you know, there's currently about 75 million um in cap space, presumably for the Steelers next season. That's incredible. I think people need to think of that more like 45 million. Let's take 30 million out for TJ Watt just to get going. Um, you know, so so that's an interesting perspective there. And then obviously, you know, we don't have Ben Roethlisberger signed past this season. So if he's going to play again, you're going to think that he's probably going to eat 20 to 25 of that 45. Suddenly he only got 20 million. So really for us as Pittsburgh Steel fans, I think we need to be thinking and sitting there and going, we want this to be, you know, this ceiling to be high as possible, um, you know, and it's, but it's still going to create, you know, some problems for teams like the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Saints and the Texans who all currently will be over the cap um, next year, you know, on their current projections. And obviously we know the the magic that teams can work, but it's a pretty interesting, you know, consideration to have. So actually on that, the other piece that I thought that's been really interesting and that's come out of the last three or four days and since we did our last morning was how Le'Veon Bell has come out and basically says the Steelers should have paid him when they had the chance. Should they have? We would have been locked into a contract that would have been really expensive. We had no idea that, you know, AB would, you know, go crazy completely. Um, the demand, you know, to leave equally, you know, with the salary cap going down, that would mean a lot of money to invest in a running back position where, you know, running backs for the majority of them in this league are going to get their rookie deals and then they're going to sign modest, modest contracts if they're long term or two and three year high contracts and then look to play on franchise tags likely. So I don't know, I'm sure that's just the smartest move, but just a reminder like the Steelers, you know, we're putting him up there for that five year, $70 million deal. You know, last year, you know, he had spent the second half of the season with Kansas City Chiefs. He rushed for 204 yards and two touchdowns in nine games, like nine games. So he's averaging like, you know, not even 30 yards a game. Um, you know, he's not even averaging, you know, a, a touchdown every half game. So it's going to be pretty interesting. And I know we copped a heap of, heap of flack on Twitter for this, you know, People are like, you should have taken that Steelers contract when you had the chance, you know, not the Steelers should have paid you, you know, 
And then you think about this as now as Pittsburgh Steel fans, and you think of someone like Najee Harris, and you think about what he's going to bring to our team this year. You know, a guy that can make plays all over the field for us. You know, when it comes when it comes to the offense, you know, and I think that's what's really going to be exciting. And you know, I just talked earlier about Big Ben, you know, potentially playing on past this year. That's going to happen if you've got a Najee Harris doing well. You know, we know that Najee you know, had 46 rushing touchdowns while at Alabama, you know, rushed for almost 4,000 yards while he was there in four seasons, you know, and in that first year, you know, he played only 10 games and, you know, only had 61 attempts. You know, he had 80 receptions all up, but he wasn't really asked to do a lot of that until, you know, he came into his, you know, um, last two years where 70 of his 80s or 80 receptions came through, you know, he had 11 receiving touchdowns as well, seven in 2019, four in 2020, you know, his line of scrimmage plays as well. It was, you know, almost 300 last year, you know, he's had almost 250 the last two years in a row. So really experienced there. The thing I love as well is his average from the art of scrimmage is 6.4 and his lowest is 6.2, his highest is 6.5. And I think that's what's really interesting is that like, you know, this guy's reliable, he's proven producer, equally rushing average, you know, was higher earlier in his career, um, you know, at Alabama, starting out at 6.1 in 2017, 6.7 in 2018, you know, but he's having a lot more attempts in 2019 and 2020, where he played 13 games for both of them. And there equally, you know, um, he had 5.9 and 5.8 average, which is pretty crazy to have his college average come out at six as well, six off 638 attempts. So they're just some things to think about because I think if the Steelers had, you know, taken this contract with Bell, we would have been locked in. Could we have afforded to bring guys like we wouldn't have been able to keep Bud Dupree around in that defense, you know, and what would that have meant with a Mason Rudolph and a Devlin Duck Hodges, you know, it would have given them a weapon on the offense, but it wouldn't really have mattered, you know, if they weren't stopping teams scoring. Um, and equally going forward, you know, would we have had the money to pay guys like, you know, TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and Devin Bush? Would we have been able to keep Haywood? Would we have had to franchise tag him and not have him long-term? You know, what would have meant for a Stefan to it? You know, there were a couple of seasons ago when he was injured and a lot of people were saying, is he a cut or a trade potential? That would be devastating for me. I'm a massive fan of Stefan Tewitt. Absolutely love him to bits. Um, I think I'm going to be ordering a Tewitt jersey soon. I'm looking to get one of the locker room um, memorabilia, sort of locker room uh, name banner things that, that they've got there for Tewitt to line a bit of a memorabilia wall and building. So that's exciting for me. But, yeah, I'd hate I'd hate to lose sort of Tewitt. But, yeah, basically I wanted to just sort of suggest that Le'Veon Bell is – kidding himself i'm very interested to see really what he can do this season um whichever team he really ends up playing with he's not coming back to the pittsburgh steelers let's leave it at that can you imagine can you imagine him trying to fight mcfarland or you know try and pay mcfarland off to get his 26 back i just can't see it and you know i know that all the people is actually on mcfarland are saying that he's looking really fit and fast in camp and i'm excited by that that means any pressure we can take off Najee harris all the better but look, that wraps up part one of Steel's War Room. We're going to go shorter on part one because we've got a few things I want to cover in part two. Stay with us. Looking forward to chatting through these UDFA, you know, um, players in the secondary from a couple of cornerbacks to, a, you know, to some safeties too.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Steelers War Room, part two for this week. Now, look, before the break, I mentioned we really I wanted to cover off some UDFAs um, that we have in the secondary. You know, it's something I've alluded to for a couple of weeks. So to do that, we're going to look at guys like Lamont Wade, Trey Norwood. I know I talked a bit about Mark Gilbert last week, but I want to talk a little bit more around his stats and so we can do a bit of comparison to that. The other player we'll have as well is Shakur Brown. Um, so we're going to look at, you know, sort of these these four core, you know, defensive back UDFAs that the Steelers are able to pick up. Now, I know Trey Norwood was a seventh-round pick, um, so I'm lumping him there because Dave Schofield likes to say a seventh-round pick is really a UDFA that you didn't want anyone else to try and sign, and, and I love that. I love that sentiment. I love that quote. I love that perspective. Uh, so I think the first thing that's really important to look at is, what did the Steelers allow in 2020? Because we had a really good defense. And I think, you know, we know the role that Mike Hilton played out of the slot to stop the run. But I think it's just having a look at the opposing team's stats in terms of passing. You know, the Steelers allowed, you know, 3,110 yards on, um, you know, 298 completions in the passing game for 22 touchdowns. Uh, whilst taking in 18, you know, interceptions, which is incredible. So, you know, we almost, we're almost on par for the amount of touchdowns we allowed in interceptions we had, which is, you know, a fantastic number there. Um, you know, and I think that was an equal first in the league as well. And, and you know, it was a fifth for the touchdown. So you can see the role the defense played there. Um, you know, we only allowed 5.3 yards as well, um, you know, per pass attempt, which is fantastic. And that translated to only 163 um, first downs being achieved through the passing game. So let's, before we go into these guys, I thought it was important to set the scene of like, hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers had had a real, really good, at least pass defense. We know the rushing defense as well. Um you know, needed some work last year, but, you know, we were still in the top half of the league, whether that's, you know, you know, the attempts that were faced us, you know, the yards we allowed, you know, the TDs that we allowed, um, the yards, you know, per attempt as well. So we're all in the first, in the top half of the league for that. So, you know, that passing defense is, is where the incredible part is. And we know that it's guys like Minka there, you know, Joe Hayden, Stephen Nelson was there last year. We don't have him anymore. We released him, but we've got, you know, who uh, Cam, Cameron Sutton, who I think is absolutely on the rise. And then we can pad them out with, you know, some core experience in, in guys like Pierre and Lane, who I don't, I'm not a big fan of, but he is there. Um, you know, so there's that perspective. I know I think there was like Trevor Williams or something. I think he's actually been released now. But then you've got a bunch of these, you know, UDFAs and, you know, and the seventh pick and train Norwood. So let's kick it off. I thought we'd kick it off with uh, Mark Gilbert. Um, 
you know, so Mark Gilbert, obviously we talked about him last week, but I thought it was just important to pull up some stats. I didn't get a chance for what I wanted to talk to you last week to do it, but he basically had, you know, seven interceptions in college. Uh, he, you know, had no sacks. Um, you know, he's, apart from that, like he had 17 pass defenses, pretty much it. Like that That was sort of his perspective. And we talked about how many injuries, he's, injuries he had. He had... Um, you know, in his best year was 2017. He had three tackles for a loss. That was the year he also had, you know, six interceptions as well. So that was sort of his prime year before those injuries. And, you know, if the Steelers, can, as I said last week, can get him anywhere back there, we're going to be in a good spot. So now I've covered that off, though. Let's look at the other guys. So let's start off with Lamont Wade, who's projected to be more of that safety at the moment. Um, you know, he's... 5'9", about 190 pounds, out of Penn State, uh, you know, and this is, I wonder with Lamont Wade, is this a guy we're looking to fill, you know, from a from a Mike Hilton role perspective? He can do kick and punt returns as well. He had He's had five of those in 2020 for um, almost 200 yards. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So an average of 38.4, which is which is not bad. You'd be pretty happy with that um, from that perspective, although it's only a handful. So, from Lamont Wade's perspective, left college with 83 tackles uh, across what was effectively um, 42 games. Uh, that's in terms of solid tackles assisted. Then he had 70 as well. So total tackles of 153 across those 42 that I mentioned there. So over 10 tackles a game. He had six and a half for a loss, three for a sack. So he'd probably want to be higher than that, but still it's a good tackle number. Only one interception, but 10 pass defense. Um, and three fumble recovery. So, you know, you can tell this and, and four force fumbles. So you can tell that with this sort of number and with these tackles and these force fumbles and what have you, he's a guy that's around the ball. Um, I think 2019 was a better year for him. He played four more games. So statistically, that can be a bit better. Um, but, you know, 2019, you know, the Steelers would want to be seeing the 2019 player that's then matured as well and is understanding the game a bit more too. Look, from an NFL, you know, draft profile perspective, uh, you know, he was, a, you know, a chance to potentially make make a squad, um, be a bit of a priority free agent there. You know, they had him at a 5.19. They have him listed, as I said, on 5'9", five, five, 190 pounds. There were lots of expectations of him when he went to Happy Valley. He rated as a five-star prospect and top five cornerback recruit nationally after being named to the 2016 Pennsylvania Gatorade Player of the Year and Mr. Football Class 1A to 3A as a senior running back cornerback. He had 2,368 yards, 40 TDs rushing and four interceptions. He set the state record with 117 rushing touchdowns and ranked third in history with seven 1,079 rushing yards in addition to being to lettering in basketball, baseball, and track a state long jump champion as a senior. Wade played 12 games as a reserve cornerback in 2017 for 31 tackles. Then his coaches moved into safety for his sophomore campaign and he did not play as much as he would have preferred. 18 tackles, two for a loss of one sack in 13 games. He entered the transfer portal with several teammates after the season and was convinced to stay. He earned a starting safety job in 2019, garnering honourable mention, all Big Ten accolades with his 67 tackles, four and a half for a loss with two sacks, five pass breakups, three false fumbles, and honourable mention, all Big Ten pick again in 2020. The PS Penn State University team captain started all nine games, 37 tackles, one interception, two pass breakups. You know, um, 
their perspective on him was that he was a two-year starter, light on traits, but tested well enough to get some tension. At the end of the day, he's too small to handle NFL safety duties and lacks makeup burst and coverage talent to make plays in the passing game. You know, he is an athlete. He's pretty short, but he's got a compact frame. He's got experience lining up in the nickel, used as an add-on defender near the box and run support, pursues into the alley with leverage, leap, leaping ability to make him play taller, short in stature with very short arms, small air explosiveness is underwhelming, below average, you know, ball production, very sluggish, you know, when making vertical transitions, posted when forced to flip hips and sprint, poor positioning, cost his team two touchdowns against the highest state in 2020. I think the summation there when it comes to, to Lamont Wade is basically I feel like we're replacing Mike Hilton with him. I feel like he's got a real shot at that. Mike Hilton was an undrafted free agent. You know, I, I didn't have the time to be able to go back and compare Mike Hilton's stat, college stats and numbers to Lamont Wade's, but I feel like there, even if it's not from a stats perspective, I feel like there would be some similar determinations, you know, ab- about Mike Hilton potentially, you know, and, I, and obviously they're different players, you know, have different strengths and different weaknesses to a degree, you know, as they're both different individuals. But I don't know. I just get this feeling when it comes to Lamont Wade that, you know, he's going to fill this Mike Hilton role, um, you know, really well. The next guy we should jump to uh, is probably Shakira Brown um, as the other cornerback there. You know, he's 5'11", 190 pounds. His draft profile was a 6.23. So, you know, people were thinking he'd be, you know, really, really up there and either be a starter for his first two seasons or a good backup who could become a starter. Um, so the Steelers did really well to get him out of Michigan State there. Um, you know, really good player from that perspective. Shakira Brown started as a redshirt freshman in 2018, six tackles, one interception, returned for a touchdown in 12 appearances, played well in seven games, 23 tackles, two sacks, one interception, five pass breakups in 2019, and missed six contests due to an undisclosed injury. He stood out as a junior in 2020, intercepting five passes and seven starts, leading the um, FBS with 0.7 interceptions per game. He also made 25 tackles and broke up four passes, earning first-team All-Big Ten accolades. You know, they've compared him to Aaron Glenn in the NFL. They thought, you know, even on NFL.com, they thought he'd be a round four draft projection and projection. And maybe there's an injury that no one knew about. The Steelers definitely looked to grab him. I think they was he received the highest signing bonus a UDFA out of um, you know, has ever received from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think that shows how much we wanted him, and I'm excited by him. Overview, athletic and instinctive. Brown offers inside-outside cornerback skill and experience, but his average size and speed might make the slot a more likely home. He plays the game like an angry Hornet with a relentless, edgy play demeanor. Brown plays with ideal eye balance and field awareness that complements his short area twitch and anticipatory skills to challenge throws. He has the strength athleticism, football intelligence to play any coverage technique and often travel with the opponent's best wideout. He will eventually lose some ground deep and can be overtaken by big receivers. He's often chippy against opposing receivers and loves to come downhill as a run defender. Brown plays with a competitive spirit and talent to leave an imprint on the game as a starting nickel with a CB2 potential. Strengths. And and I think that's an interesting point, actually, before I go into strengths, because that starting nickel with CB2 potential 
that offers some versatility for a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, well, any team really. But I think for the game that we want to play and when you're doing, you know, matchups against different types of receivers, let's think about what the Ravens look like, for example. That could be incredibly helpful. His strengths way outweigh the weaknesses. So let's go through them all. You know, ability and experience to play a wide of, wide variety of schemes and techniques, above average strength for his size from press, mirrors release and maintains balance through press opening, elite instincts and true detective in space with seven interceptions in 26 games, stare down passes, find him flying into their passing lanes, trusts his technique with few wasted steps to the ball, bounces off the ground, increasing his size on 50-50 balls, stop start quickness to phase alter route speed, low center of gravity with balance to change direction against comeback routes, um, maintains backside discipline and a wary of trickery, edgy play demeanor and loves testing the toughness of opposing receivers, rushes downhill and can either wrap up or chop out the runner's legs, weaknesses, a single season as a full-time starter, quicker than fast, had issues with long speed when playing outside, was overtaken by big receivers down the field at times, has a tendency to lose track of the ball and or man with the when back, his back is to the throw, style could create some durability concerns, must learn to check his emotions on the field. I look at some of his weaknesses and I sort of go, passionate, you know, needs to just be a bit better conditioned, uh, you know, and need to, needs to really work and, and play the man a bit better and, you know, just needs some more experience. And again, he's a guy that when you compare him to Lamont Wade, you might sort of say, are we trying to fill that Mike Hilton role with this? And if we are, that's great. We've got competition at this position. We need competition at this position. And, you know, the versatility that Shakira Brown offers, that that that's, I think, the exciting piece for me, um, you know, from, from his perspective. You know, at Michigan State as well, you know, he had a, you know, a total tackle number of 54 in three years in just 21 games. So uh, he had two tackles for a loss in 2019, which were in two sacks. He had seven interceptions, you know, so it's an interception every third game. Uh, he allowed, so and he returned those for about 186 yards. Um, he had nine pass defenses, five in 2019, four in 2020. You know, there's no forced fumbles or fumble recoveries, but, you know, at the end of the day there, you've got a guy that, you know, didn't necessarily have a huge amount of starting experience. He's a guy that we've been able to receive. He was projected as a fourth-round pick. We've got him as a UDFA. I'm excited. You should be too. This guy could be the guy that fills that Mike Hilton role. And now, finally, to the UDFA, that's not the UDFA. It's Trey Norwood. He's the UDFA that no one else wanted to, you know, we didn't want anyone else to get. And round seven, pick number 245, he's a prospect grade of 5.6, according to NFL.com. So that puts him in a chance to make the end of the roster or the practice squad, um, which is, which is you know, probably where he will sit this year anyway, um, depending on what Steelers can do. He's a guy that, you know, I know that from the RBTC Slack channel, he's a guy like the Jeffrey Benedict, you know, for example, and KJ Smith has said he can replay terrifically well. It's the athleticism that lets him down. And I think we talked a little bit about that right after the draft, you know, he, um, you know, but they sort of project the NFL draft guys projected him as a priority free agent. You know, they didn't project him to be drafted. You know, the overview was despite his size and ball production at the end of the year, there's too much tape, including the senior bowl that puts his struggles on display as it pertains to fluidity and stickiness and coverage. He lacks recovery speed and open field athleticism to deal with NFL man coverage, but his 2020 experience at safety could open the door for a position change at the next level. And 
Imanuma Dara up that part. I do think that you know he could offer you know some support at safety. He wasn't asked to do much more than basic two deep drops, but he clearly has coverage experience to adapt to more than that. However, he will have to become both tougher and more consistent as a tackle finish in order to make that switch a full-time job opportunity. Again, he's six foot, 192 pounds. If he can put on, you know, another 10 to 20 pounds, you know, more like that, you know, get closer to that 210 to mark, you know, and, and 18 pounds there, you know, he could really offer us something in safety. And, you know, we know that Terrell Edmonds' fifth-year option has been declined as well. Uh, strengths possesses NFL size and frame, has safety and cornerback experience and background, decent ball skills with soft hands, finished with five interceptions in his last six games, took an interception back for a touchdown against Florida's Kyle Trask in the Cotton Bowl, can take on a more expanded role as a safety, good downhill speed to run the alley, recognition of run play development and where it is headed, often uh, offers kick and punt coverage experience, missed 2019 with a knee injury, that's a weakness. Other weaknesses are he had issues staying in the phase phase with routes in the senior bowl, hiccup in transitions from the press. Once he gets behind, he stays behind. Sorry, I've dropped my phone there, guys. Um, yeah, so he stays behind, unable to find acceleration to recover and challenge the route. Below average pattern reader, lacks functional, which I find very interesting given what my BTC colleagues have said. Lacks functional agility to recover through coverage missteps, fails to come to balance and down here on sport, and is a grab and drag tackler. You know, we want him to be, a, you know, around the ankles, around the knees. Um, you know, from a college perspective, you know, he played in, I think it was 32 games for 111 tackles, two for a loss, one sack, six interceptions. You know, he had 14 pass defenses, you know, from that perspective. He had a really great 2017 from that regard, um, but he's, you know, in terms of the past defenses, but his interceptions were much better, you know, in, in his final games for Oklahoma where he had those five there and I think it was five and six games. So, you know, in perspective, if we look at what the Steelers got in the undrafted free agents, how are we replicating the Mike Hilton model? Are we getting guys, we, you know, and this is the other thing is we haven't had to spend a draft pick on replacing Mike Hilton. And that's where it's really interesting when we've got guys like Norwood, Gilbert, Wade and Brown, you know, so that's Trey Norwood, you know, Mike Gilbert, um, Lamont Wade, Shakur Brown coming in to fill some roles. We've got some gaps in our cornerback position as well. So the Steelers fans out there really should be enjoying OTAs, but obviously more enjoying training camp, preseason, because preseason is where these guys are getting sent out, particularly when you've got a guy like Joe Hayden there to play a handful of snaps, if any. You know, Cam Sutton, they're going to want to really manage and taper off a lot of that work because they want him to be fresh to start for the season. So still, fans, you're going to get a chance to see these guys. And you want these guys pushing Justin Lane, James Pierre, and what have you, um, and whoever else you pick up in that in that pool of uh, defensive backs. And with that, I do want to say, Brian Paul is, from my understanding, as I speak right now, still available I still think he's someone the Pittsburgh Steelers could could really look at if they want to play with anyone else's contracts or do some, you know, deferred, you know, um, bonus, you know, systems as well there. So a deferred salary, depending on how you want to put it. So it's, these are the interesting things we've got to think about. These are the things we think about in the war room. These are the things that, I'm, that we're sure that the Steelers, you know, even if it's not these easy exact players, they're thinking about as part of war room as well. But that wraps up this week's show. Join 
the BTSC colleagues that I've got join all of their different, you know, whether it's the live YouTube shows or listen to the podcast back on any of your podcast platforms, you know, the preferred choice and whatever that platform is for you. Join us on Steelers Touchdown Under this week. It will be a bumper show. Mark and I have solved, solved the connection issue. Um, you know, so hope they don't have any issues there. But, yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting time as, as an NFL fan. It's an interesting time as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. There's a lot of waiting and watching. But I'm excited by this draft class, including these UDFAs and seventh round pick and train Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.